This is the Organizational Health Advantage Podcast with Keith Hadley and James Felton, Principal Consultants at Table Group. They're in the business of coaching leaders to build strategic focus and cultural alignment that leads to amazing results. This podcast is for leaders who are looking to increase productivity and morale while decreasing politics, confusion, and unwanted turnover. Welcome to the Org Health Advantage. And we're back. I'm James. I'm Keith. And Keith, it's great to be on with you again. I love these conversations. Um, yeah. And so what's our topic today? Well, we're going to talk about crossing the line. and But not the line that most people think of. It's, it's the line when you've crossed from a conflict to a decision to a commitment. So let's just dive right in. Yeah. I love this because... We see this so often with our clients and, you know, they've got to make decisions all the time. It could be around long-term strategy, short-term strategy. It could be around culture. It could be around people. But these are the conversations that they need to have. Uh, clearly, there are some behaviors that we want to get into and then, and then they've got to make a decision that they commit to. And so first, let's just, let's just talk about the conflict. How would you describe that, that part? Yeah. So it, it, if you picture like if we had a flip chart behind us, what you'd see is is our typical pyramid, our triangle with uh, trust at the bottom, then conflict, then commitment, accountability and results. And so when we work with teams, we try to help them build enough vulnerability based trust that they can bring their full selves, their passion, their ideas, their experience to the table. And so, James, a conflict is not a bad thing. A conflict is a good thing in, in the way we use the word, because it's a conflict of ideas. It's when people trust each other enough to actually have a real conversation about the best way forward. And I think the kinds of decisions our clients are making are, are they're kind of impossible ones, like easy decisions get made somewhere else. But the impossible ones are the, are the ones where, you know, man, it's going to be risky both ways or. We're debating on what's a good idea versus a better idea versus the best idea. And so it's we're engaging in genuine ideological debate. It's productive and it's all in search of the best idea. And 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 we love hearing teams engage in really good conflict. But the conflict can't go on forever. At some point, we actually need to as we said, cross that line. So right above conflict between conflict and commitment is a decision. But yeah, so yeah. the conflict is critical. Yeah. Well, you know, some attributes of healthy, productive conflict would be like, it's more inquisitive. People are more curious. Um, there's less yep. politics, less of an agenda at play or, or individual agendas at play. Um, you know, we even say like conflict without trust equals politics. Conflict with trust is the search for truth. And, yeah. uh, and again, we see that as, as more questions being asked, more curiosity, more, more open minded, more of a focus on what's best for the organization. Uh, where it gets unproductive is where we see closed mindedness, uh, some defensiveness and people focused on just being right. Yeah. I, as you're saying this, James, I'm realizing like everybody's coming to that decision making table, but they're coming to it with partial information, partial experience, partial views. Everybody thinks yeah. their view is 
complete and full and right. Um, but yeah, we're there to learn and we're there to protect the leader of the team who's the decision maker for making a bad decision. So yeah, we, we get our ideas on the table. We put it all out there. We listen to each other. We learn from each other. But if we're trying to make faster, better decisions, then your spidey sense has got to just start telling you like, okay, I think we've heard enough and now yeah. we need to decide. And how do we cross that line? James, yeah. maybe, maybe this is a great tee up for you. You always tell a good story uh, about how this dynamic works. Just maybe share that story. <laughs> well, one of the best examples was with a high end clothing company, outdoor wear. And, uh, can we just say the name of the company? Because it's right. a good story. It is a good story. So it was yeah. uh, the North Face. Yeah. And uh, it should be known that they had made a lot of progress amongst their team and building trust uh, to have really productive debate. And this was a team that really actually engaged in debate often and well over time, meaning it wasn't all that productive in the beginning, and over time, it got really productive. They started to trust each other a lot. And uh, I was in a meeting where they were talking about one of their newer jackets at the time, and it wasn't selling well. Uh, but what were the factors for that? And they were having a really good discussion for about 20 minutes. And, uh, and then two people who disagreed started getting just unproductive. It, 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 they st they happened to be at opposite ends of this table, and uh, and so they got they got a little bit more personal. They uh, were pointing fingers at each other. The volume got louder. They were using harsher and harsher language. Uh, and finally, the president. And since I've noted the company, I should note him because he did a great job with this. Uh, his name was Todd Spoleto. And he, he stepped in and he said, okay, I think I've heard enough. Uh, I thought we were going to get to a decision on our own as a team. Uh, the two of you have kind of uh, gone off the rails a little bit. And so I'd just like to bring it back to the team setting and, uh, and here's my decision. And then he went around the room and he asked each person, can you support this decision? He wasn't asking if they agreed. He asked, would they support it going forward? And he went around the room and, and the, everybody said yes as he went around. And then he got to one of the people who was engaged in that, uh, in that unproductive conversation at the end. And that person said, well, that's basically what I was advocating for. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll support this. And he kept going around the room and people kept supporting it. Yep, I'll support it. Yep, I'll support it. And then he got to the other person who was in that unproductive session and uh, and that person said, well, you know, that's exactly what I was advocating against. But I'll walk out of here and support it like it was my own idea. Wow. And and to be honest, the consultant that I was working with, we looked at each other and like, I wish we had that on video because that's exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for healthy conflict, productive conflict, ideological debate, as you called it earlier to get to a decision that we all commit to. And what yeah. I loved about yeah. it was Todd was asking for everybody's commitment in the room at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. We talk so much at table group about like productive conflict. And uh, 
I think I've sometimes underemphasized how important it is to bring the conflict to clarity with closure and make a decision and ask for a commitment. Um, You know, we, we, we sometimes just see, uh, debates fade because we think, well, these people have pretty strongly held views and nobody's giving an inch and we've stopped learning. And so I guess we'll just uh, take this offline and we'll think about it later. And we would say, no, yeah. that's the moment where you say, okay, here's the decision. Let me see if I can bring some clarity and closure to this moment. And we call that a decision. And I would say, James, I mean, push back if you disagree, but like if, if we work with 10 CEOs, Probably seven of them struggle with decisiveness and three of them struggle with being overly decisive or, or autocratic where they make decisions without input. I think it's more the case that we CEOs struggle to make a decision or to bring a matter to closure when they know there's still some disagreement around the table. And we would say, Without, without sounding crass, it's like, look, I, I don't care if you agree. What I care about is, will you commit to this? For, first yeah. of all, that assumes that I've heard your point of view and you've been heard. You've not been humored, but you've been heard. You've been understood. You're bringing up a really good point and we're going to make a decision and, and I'm going to ask for your commitment. Um, so, yeah, it's critical to, to like it. And sometimes I, I like what. Todd did in that example of like symbolically getting everybody's commitment rather than just assuming the commitment is there. Right. Right. No, I, I thought it was a great moment and something that I learned from. Um, and I would agree with you around the seven out of 10 leaders we work with struggle with making that decision. Uh, and I would also say that, that, these are people who have, it includes people who have led for a long time. It includes people in publicly traded companies. It includes people who get paid a lot of money. It's just hard to end a discussion and with a decision. Yeah. Um, and, and, but it's necessary. And, and what I, what I think of during this conversation is that Colin Powell quote that I, I won't read verbatim, but it's basically like, if you're on my team, I expect you to engage in debate. And I expect you to disagree with me verbally when you actually disagree with me and bring a strong argument and try to change my mind. And there will be a point where I make a decision. And if it's not in line with where your head was going, I still need you to commit a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the point that, that we really try to emphasize with teams is these decisions are not usually binary, good and bad. A lot of it, a lot of their success is based on the execution of the decision. And if people on the team are one foot in one foot out, that's going to hinder the success of the implementation of that decision. Yeah. 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 It's funny. I, on the Myers-Briggs, I'm an ENFP. James, I think you are as well. And so yeah. we, we deal in the world or we're comfortable in the world of like nuance and concepts. And also we really lean into sort of like the human impact of a decision. Um, yeah. 
but we we like to say like sometimes when we bring sort of a black white binary mindset to hard decisions we run the risk of underthinking those decisions and so that conflict is really meant to bring out all the nuance all the impact as well as just the fact you know fact based projections right or wrong you know good better best um, but you're absolutely right at the end of the day there's no perfect decision uh, there's just you know really good execution and so for that yeah. execution we have to have that commitment yeah and let me just jump in here because i think i th- when we talk about that implementation that execution that 100% commitment to it when we do have to revisit a decision later on after we've started executing and implementing you know again not every decision we make is going to work out but it's it's way better for the leader to know this decision isn't working out because it just wasn't the right decision as opposed to, well, I'm not sure if everybody is fully bought into its execution. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, that yeah. makes it tougher for the, for the leader to know, is this the right decision that just isn't being implemented very well or was it not the right decision? And I trust that everybody is executing well and it's showing that, yeah, we've got to go in a different direction. We got to pivot. Yeah. 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 We were such big fans of Alan Mulally. Uh, I just yeah. re listened to American Icon. And when he presented at Table Group's Unconference, uh, there was a QA session and uh, in a, like a CEO forum. And somebody asked him about like how he deals with failure. And he had this look at his face that was like genuinely confused. He's like, failure, let's see, failure, failure. And he finally said, I just don't see it that way. He said, the way I see it is that you make a plan, you know, so you make a decision and then you work the plan. And if the plan's not working, then make a new plan. Or if you're not working the plan that you made, well, then hold each other accountable and start working the plan. You know, so it's this idea of like, Make a decision, commit to the decision, and then execute the decision. It seems so easy, right? <laughs> but, you know, like there's no such thing as a perfect decision, but, you know, we need to evaluate, was this the wrong decision or are we just not executing it well? And that's where right. um, gaining that commitment is so key. So we would ask leaders, you know, if you're listening to this, like just you probably haven't given that much thought to like, what do you do in that moment of crossing the line. And there's, well, well, here's a couple of ideas. Here's a couple of ideas. First of all, just like, if it's a significant decision, then you, it should be a significant line crossing. Like we should step over it together. And, and we do something um, called the fist to five and it's kind of cheesy and people always laugh at it, but we have so often gotten feedback from our clients that they love it. And that's just like during the the conflict portion of the conversation will say, Hey, quick fist to five. Like, like, I think we ought to raise our prices, you know, one, two, three shoot. And if you agree with that statement, you put up a five. If you disagree, you put up a zero or a one or two or somewhere in between. And the idea is this is not a vote. I just curious where everybody is on this. And we might get all fives and they say, Whoa, we're unanimous that we should raise our prices. So before we do that, let's slow down and make sure we're Let's play devil's advocate. And what are we missing? But it allows you to kind of see where everybody's at. Once the conversation has taken place, you can symbolically cross that line together by saying, hey, let's do another fist to five. Uh, based on our conversation, the decision is, that I'm wanting to make is we're going to raise our prices. 
And uh, on a quick fist of five, is there anything that's going to be, you know, getting in your way of supporting that? Uh, one, two, three, go. And that's a kind of a last chance to indicate your level of commitment or to say one more thing that needs to be addressed before you can fully commit. And then at some point, it might be more of a Roman council up or down, like, all right, I need to know that you're all in. Give me a thumbs up. You're all in. So that's one way of sort of symbolically crossing a line. The danger is that it starts to feel like we've just voted for a decision. That's not what we did. Everybody has a voice, but not everybody has a vote. The leader has the decision-making, you know, authority on the team and the thumbs up says, I'm all in. Any, what, what else have you done, James, or have you tried to help leaders like make their decisions more clear? Well, I think what you're looking for there, um, and Fist of Five helps out, um, is just making sure like, all right, a, a, a conflict can go in a certain direction. You know, it can gain steam or, you know, like a, a potential decision can, can get some momentum behind it. And what you're looking for is one playing devil's advocate or, Hey, is anybody here in a disagreement and just not verbalizing it? Because those are generally the people who are going to be slow to implement and execute on the decision. Yeah. 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 Uh, another one I've heard recently was last 10%. You know, it's that, that person who's going to be slow to execute. We say, hey, before we leave this topic, last 10%, is there, you know, we, we sometimes say we've, we've said 90% of what we think, or we've shared 90% of our objection. And so that last 10% creates space for somebody to say, okay, I, I'm all in, but and then say something and say, okay, right. well, in light of that, I'm going to ask you to be a hundred percent all in. And, right. and again, right. it's so critical. And, and what we see from time to time, Keith is like the healthy, productive teams have this conflict before the decision is made. And that's why, you know, we're using fist to five or the last 10% to make sure we're squeezing the juice out of the conflict lemon. Yeah. Yeah. But the unhealthy, unproductive teams don't lean into that healthy conflict and they wait for the decision to be made. They don't necessarily dive into full execution mode because they weren't necessarily uh, all in on the conflict and, and held some things back. And those teams have the conflict after the, the decision is made. Right. And it is way better to f have that full conflict mode engaged in with the team before a decision, make that decision and then go execute. Like we talked about with Colin Powell or Alan Mulally, as opposed to slow playing the execution on a decision. Cause we didn't really agree because we didn't have the conflict and now we have to revisit it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I, I, I have one more story in this. It, this is a fun, it's an interesting one because it wasn't the leader's decision. It was one of the functional heads decision. And it was a team where she had gotten a lot of feedback from her peers. This is really good about one of her direct reports. And so she was on it, but she wasn't really on it in the same way that this team needed her to be on it. Like, hey, this person that's working for you is really causing problems in ways that maybe it's mm -hmm. a bit of a blind spot or maybe you're too close to it. Uh, and anyways, in an executive meeting, um, she committed to, all right, I'm going to start looking for a replacement for that role. 
And, you know, but, you know, this person's involved in a bunch of projects right now. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be probably another six months. And the team was like, nope, I, I don't think you're hearing us. This person needs to go. And it was a real moment of truth. It was a real vulnerability for everybody in the room. And, um, and she did something really wise, I thought. And she said, okay, I'm hearing you. I can commit to this, but I need you to hold hands with me. If I make this decision, I need your support because you recognize that there's going to be a bit of chaos and there's going to be a bit of a disruption. Uh, but I'm, I'm hearing your feedback and I'm willing to commit to taking this action, but I need you to share the risk with me. And it was great because the whole team was like, yes, we understand it's a shared risk. We know that's a possibility. We're not going to hold you against that because we're the ones asking you to accelerate the timeline. And again, it was like this idea of like, slow down. We are about to cross a line in this decision-making line. Once we've crossed it, we're not debating anymore. We're committing. So. Well, I will say I love that example because uh, it brings to mind a previous podcast we did around the mindset shift of accountability. Uh, oh, and totally. we were calling it accountability to uh, supportability or protectability. And that's yeah. what she was looking for there. Like, I'll commit, but I'm going to need your support and your protection as yeah. I do this because we've got some projects that are going on and we're going to maybe take a little bit of a hit. And so I might need some other resources. I might just need you guys to have my back when I talk to my team. You know, all of those things were at play. And she was looking for really protective accountability from the team. Yeah, yeah. Way to build the rest of the pyramid, James. Because it was all in the interest of shared results. So they had to trust each other enough to have the debate, to make the decision with commitment afterwards, hold each other accountable in protective ways, all in interest of hitting shared results. So I would say that's a wrap. Yeah, that's a wrap. I love it. Thanks for your time today, Keith. And we look forward to doing this again. Yeah. And remember, it's hard to be a CEO. Keep doing your best work. Thanks for listening to the Org Health Advantage. Your hosts, Keith and James, are helping leaders change the world of work and invite you to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. For more resources on building stronger teams and organizational health, check out tablegroup.com. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.